It's a good show. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right. It's drinky fun time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. Yes, it is funny. It's funny to be back here. God, it feels like a long time since we last recorded. This is Drinky Fun Time. I'm Dan Dunn. Alongside world traveler, she is a globe trotter, a jet setter, Emma Patterson. Thank you, Dan. It's been so long. I have. I've been around the world, literally. Been to Japan and England and where else? Oh, Scotland, Scotland. and San Francisco. Uh, but no, really, I set off from LA, went to Japan, then to London, then up to Scotland, then back down to London, then to Devon, and then over to San Francisco, and then we drove back down to LA a few days ago. But if you look at it on the map, I literally went all around the world. And you, my friend, have not done that. I did not. I just sat up here in Los Angeles, California, waiting for you to get back. So much happened since you were gone. So much. Uh, good stuff. Basically, your good stuff. Your 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 England team. Yeah, we're winning. Is winning. Uh, as of this recording, they are in. They're one of the final four teams left. Uh, so hopefully, they'll make it to the championship. I'm pulling for you. Thank you. Um, that's a good thing that happened. Um, <clears throat> it's heat waves. The world is uh, heating up all over. You need to drink more alcohol and water. Uh, our, uh, you texted me on this. This is bad news. Our friend, uh, first guest on the show, Anthony Bourdain, passed away. Yes. Which was very sad and very uh, it's sort of be- crazy to me because it's almost been a year since we've been doing this. Mm. Almost been a year that we were doing this. And I remember that way back in the day, and it was like, wow, this is the coolest thing to have this guy, the coolest, one of the coolest people I've ever met, and he's gone. And so let's, let's raise a uh, toast to Anthony, because it's the first time I've seen you uh, on the show since then. Producer Bo, cheers. This is to uh, Anthony Bourdain. May he rest in, in peace. peace. There we go. What we're drinking, what we're toasting, Anthony, uh, with is uh, rosé. Rosé one because it is summer, Emma, and it's, you know, rosé is kind of when you want to do this. Um, this particular rosé that we're drinking is called Stuart. Uh, it's a 2017 Sonoma Mountain Rosé, which I think is just, it's that style that I really like. And I, and I think you, we've had, uh, you know, wines before. and uh, You like this too, right? This crisp sort of, you know, not too sweet. I do. Crisp style of rosé. And what Stuart is reminding me of what I used to call a blush. I feel like that term has gone away. Because when rosé was first introduced to me, it was quite pink in, in colour. Yeah. And now when you go out and obviously it's so popular now, I feel like it's more of a peachy colour. Really, really pale peach. Yeah, yeah. That's but it, we used to call that a blush and now it's just rosé. That's what it's it looks like. Rosé, yeah, it's very. It is very light in color, and I think it's low in alcohol too. No and, uh, nonsense. Yeah, no. I think it's probably what's it? What is it, about twelve percent alcohol swear at by me. volume? You're so wrong. It's thirteen point five. Thirteen. Well, that's low for California. Uh, in Europe, they'd be like, Jesus, what are you doing? Way too much alcohol. But in California, they tend to ramp up the alcohol volume a little bit. So this is a good one. It's. Uh, I think you know. It's got a. Little, it's got a fruit going on here, like the watermelon, little blood orange uh, taste flavor going on. Yeah. And I love to drink rosé in the summertime and it's really hot 
right now. It's really hot. It is. And it's yeah. hot all around the world, actually. Yeah. Sorry, because you guys are going to be listening, um, and it's going to be a couple of weeks away. And you're going to be like, it's not bloody hot anymore. But honestly, people are just skidding around their knickers at the moment. In England, like, everyone's getting like chafed thighs and things. You just can't cope with it. And, yeah, it's rough. That's the sexy side of it, isn't it? Well, the, good, the clamminess. <laughs> the good news is, besides chafed, not to steer it away from chafed English thighs. Although, uh, <laughs> also, a little bit later in the show, we're very, very excited. One thing I did get to do, I was not traveling the world. I did not go to Japan, England, Scotland, or San Francisco, or any of those cool places. But one thing I did get to do while you were gone was go to a little private soiree, a little shindig with a man named John Legend. You did. John Legend. I got to hang out with John Legend. I got to talk to John Legend. We're going to hear that interview with him just a little bit. It's him and a guy named Jean-Charles Boissette. Jean-Charles is a legendary... Frenchman. uh, Frenchman uh, wine family. They've got wineries all over France. They also own Raymond up in uh, up in Napa Valley, and they also own Buena Vista, mm. a famous winery up there in Carneros. Uh, they've got them all over the world, and he's a, quite a character too, John Charles. Uh, he and John Legend have collaborated about five years ago, started up a wine label called LVE, and I went to the launch of their new rosé, while we're drinking rosé right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I went to the launch of that, and we're going to have that interview with him. Coming up in just so a LVE. Bit. I'm just wondering now. Have I ever seen that on the shelves, or is this really quite an, a prominent moment for them? Are they about to become more mainstream? Uh, they, you know, they've been around. They've been around for about 2013 was when they launched. They launched with a Cabernet. Following year, they did a Chardonnay, and they also have a red blend. So there's four different wines in the portfolio: the the cat, the Cab, the Chardonnay the red blend, and now the rosé, which is brand new. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I said, five years. They've been around. They're on the shelves. Uh, Legend is really involved in it, and we're going to hear that in the interview, like how what he the role that he plays in the creation of the wine as opposed to just, you know, slapping his name on there. So. Is that what we should call him, Legend? Let John. I call him John. I call you know, we're, we're pretty tight now. You and John. Day. Yeah. We, Mr. We, Legend. We connected. I'm just saying. We, the we, legendary John. We had a connection. I um, bet it's an annoying name, really, isn't it? Because people just want to play around with it. I don't think it's his real name. It is not his real name. His real name is, he's from Ohio. Let me look this up. He's from Ohio, and uh, he changed his name. His real name is John Roger Stevens. Well, that, I'm, not, I'm not surprised he changed his name. He's got three first names there. Yeah, John Rogers. He doesn't even have a last name. He had to go, I need a last name. No one's going to believe I've got literally. It's like me called yeah, Emma Karen Clare. Yeah. Hello, I'm Emma Karen Clare. Nice to meet you. John Legend sounds like a singer. John Roger Stevens is, like, unfortunately, like if there's a shooting, you know, they always have three names. <laughs> shooters. But like there was a shooting, John Roger Stevens. They never have two names. You ever notice that? It's always like Clint. Larry Barkley killed everybody. You're like, you're not like oh, I went to the Clint Larry Barkley show. No, I went. Clint. I don't know if you're right, but it's, funny. it's true. All these killers have three names. They always have three names. Um, so he's coming up. Another quick uh, note here: a beer. We don't do beer enough, but we're going to start doing beer. Yeah. We're going to start doing more beer now that my gluten allergy's gone away. Yes, miraculously. I, I used to have a gluten allergy. Yep. You remember we did um, the yep. show with Adam Carolla? Still, I think it went away on that show. Still, we have. It gets more airtime. Yeah. How is it, that possible? It, it, it cured me. 
The Ad- the Adam Carolla show is when my gluten allergy was miraculously Adam Carolla cured you. <laughs> cured me. Anybody out there try Adam's beer? Uh, it cures gluten. Allergies. You know what cured you? Just being mocked so badly that yeah. it just left your body. It went. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> no place for me here anymore. Yeah, no, that that might have been it. Yeah. It could have been it. Was, we it we was, almost bu- it was almost bullying. It, it was. was humiliating. I will say that. So we're going to start doing more beer. And along those notes, I have an old friend, uh, and uh, she, Aaron, Aaron Peter. She does a. She's been doing this uh, blog. I guess she called a blog website, the Beer mm-hmm. Goddess. So it was even a website. There was not things as a blog back then. And she just knows beer. She's been doing beer forever, covering it on thebeergoddess.com. And she uh, is doing her tenth anniversary party of the Beer Goddess is happening on August eighteenth in Ventura at Barrel House One Hundred One in Ventura. Can California. anybody in the area? Uh, go. Can they attend or do they need to know Aaron Anybody personally? can go. All they need to do is go to thebeergoddess.com mm-hmm. and her social feeds are at thebeergoddess and they'll have all the information there. Uh, it's a cool event and, and, and the reason I bring it up too is Aaron uh, has, uh, was diagnosed with uh, cancer, uh, ovarian cancer. Yes. She had stage three ovarian cancer. She is fighting it like a mofo, like that she is. And this, uh, you know, some of the proceeds from this event are going to help offset her medical bills so yes. you get to drink beer and help there is a tremendous raffle I love a raffle yeah. and uh, so that's obviously you, you buy a raffle ticket and the proceeds will go and help Erin out and just to just an important part here other besides the cancer is that you know Erin started a blog 10 years ago like you mentioned before we did the show she was like the first girl out the gate to be like beer's awesome I'm a woman and I'm going to write about this and she's been doing so for a decade which yeah. is quite amazing to think about given that we're trying to do this podcast and no these kidding. years killed us no. it's a lot of beer it's, it's a, a lot, lot of beer. beer i mean and imagine I, I imagine how many beers that she's reviewed so many beers yeah. i'm going to ask her a question i want to say erin you are so well versed in beer do you feel that beer gives you bigger boobs it does it, and so i smo- swear to so god, god smoking, it does so does smoking no that's a lie mm-hmm. beer Makes girls' boobs bigger, <laughs> only a little bit. It for also a makes girls. While. It also makes girls' asses bigger. Uh, no, you know, eventually, nonsense. Yeah. Poppycock. It's making my um, gut bigger. I know that. But just one last thing about this event. Um, obviously, Ventura. If you if you're familiar with the California coastline, it's gorgeous. It's just a little further south of Santa Barbara. So, tourist people visiting California, if you're going to be in the wine regions of Santa Barbara and you want to just sort of break it up a bit with some cool, refresh, refreshing beer then this event is the one for you. And the date again, Dan, is? The date again is Saturday, August 18th from 5 to 9 p.m. Go to www.thebeergoddess.com and they'll have all the information you need there and hopefully you'll see us there. Hopefully we'll be with there. big boobs, right, Dan? <clears throat> Emma, look for the blonde with the big boobs. That's me. Uh, I was talking about no, you. I'm the, I'm the right? dark-haired guy with the big boobs. Um, <clears throat> you mentioned refreshing. Another thing, while you're gone, the way the world works... Get our ice cream, please. Um, the way the world works, everything's interconnected. There's everything's intertwined. So a while back, we did a show with Stephen Amell. You remember Stephen Amell, the Arrow. Stephen Amell, Arrow. So Stephen's publish, publish, publicist publicist Edward connects me with a friend of his uh, who makes ice cream. And I'm like, well, it's not really what I do, man. He's like, no, I want to connect you. What a load of crap. You ice love cream. ice cream, you they do. Make it, but I'm like, it's not really what we do. Except 
This is ice cream that has alcohol in it. Alcohol-infused ice cream. I've had this in the past. It's never tasted good. I, people have done oh, this. Oh, because of course you, you've got so much acid in li- liquor yeah, and then you've I got think, the cream. Yeah, I think it just doesn't work together until now. This stuff is called Clementine's Naughty and Nice Creamery. It's in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, and you mm-hmm. can, you can, I'll give you the info. We'll put it up on the, on the site, but you can, you can order it online. So, so uh, for everyone listening, um, th- I'm, I'm hearing this for the first time because we've mentioned I've been away. And uh, Dan apparently got sent 12, 12, 12 tubs of this delicious yeah. ice cream that he's raving about that I'm hoping to try. And how many are left? There's like three left. But in my defense, I've had these pints for at least four days. Yeah, they, <laughs> you can't expect me to keep it forever. Um, and it, you said it's not what you do. Turns uh, out it's all you've been doing, eating ice cream. It's so good. Well, what, what do you try? You just let, let the ice cream do the talking. What is this one? This is, the, this is for you, Emma. Get in there. This is milk chocolate stout. So stout being um, like a, 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 beer, a dark yeah. beer. Okay. Let's see what you think on this. Here we go. Going um, in Clementine's. Well, it's a... a Beautiful chocolate color. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It actually tastes just very, very chocolatey. Oh, God. Listen to that. You can hear it. Oh, yeah. And this is the amaretto sour. You I'm know, going in. I like that it must have enough booze in it because it says contains alcohol, like as a warning on the front. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The amaretto sour. You want to try some of this? I do. I do. Yeah. That is for chocolate lovers. I don't care whether you like stout or not. You're going to love that. What? So the, the milk chocolate stout and now amaretto sour. It is annoying, isn't it, to listen to people eating? <laughs> Ice cream. Hold on. Let's, let's make it even more annoying. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Stop. Hold. Hold on. No. Just a minute. Uh, now, amaretto sour ice so cream. Good. It's lemony. I can't say I tasty almondiness that I like from Amaretto, but this is really good and tastes like booze. <sighs> Could I get a little bit squiffy of this, Dan? Yeah, get in there. <sighs> get in there. Get a little get a little squiffy off that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, sorry. I'm answering questions that people are holding up to me. That's okay. Uh, Amaretto Sour? Yeah. I don't, mm. what, I don't know how they're doing. I, here's what it says. They have a secret process for infusing wine and spirits and locally brewed beers into their boozy ice cream. At up to 18%. It's really good. I yeah. actually prefer the amaretto sour over the, the, the milk chocolate one. I like the chocolate. I'm a chocolate guy. Myself. So, obviously, this is all we're going to eat now because mm. it is annoying. I can hear this. Mm. But how many different varieties are there then? Is that Don't say well, there's like a vegan, sugar-free, because that, that can't be right. They have, um, they have the naughty which are the boozy ones, and the nice, which are the alcohol-free. Now, they sent me 12 different pints, about half and half. Some had alcohol, some did not. Mm. Um, Some of the flavors they had was a toffee butter brickle. Ooh. Uh, There was a maple bourbon, which was so good. good. And uh, all of it's with the, you know... Hormone-free, grass-grazed, pasteurized-fed cows. It's good. So I'm telling you, I've had, a, I've had over the years numerous different brands of alcohol-infused ice cream. None of it's tasted good. No. This shit it's, is the bomb. I'm telling you. I will it's say really Bailey's. Good. Bailey's do a good ice cream, but it's cream to start with, so it's kind of cheating. Yeah. But um, everyone listening, I really... so. If we've never said this, yeah. I, I feel strongly about this. When we talk about alcohol, which 
do every day. Yeah. You know, we're embracing and celebrating it for what it is and the people who work so hard to perfect it. And I feel the same way about ice cream. I do not want to see ice cream full of artificial flavors and preservatives and things that are going to apparently make us lose weight. This is the real deal. This is really good cream that's probably from cows around the corner and really decent booze. And I'm very happy about this. And I don't yeah. think it's going to make anybody sick. I think it's going to make everyone really happy. I think it's delightful. I, I think what we're creating here today on this show is the perfect summer afternoon. Emma, you're sitting on the back porch. You've got some rosé in the glass. Oh, I do. You've got some John Legend on the Coming play. Up. you got some John Legend playing. A little music, a little John little chill john legend is smooth man he is smooth yeah, as the other before we get going yeah for me because i don't know what you're about to say on yeah. this interview um what's he like i i thought he was a really cool dude man we got in there so you know here's the thing it, we, we did it at this thing called heritage fine wines in beverly hills i think you've been there before possibly no it's right there in on canaan right in the middle of beverly hills so okay no i don't think so we no. go there it's a very small place wine shop and they're doing a pop-up there and, you know, it was an invite-only thing, and there was probably about 30, 40 people there, I'm guessing, total. And the part that's difficult for Is me that he's so handsome. Is that he's so, you yeah, know, he is extremely handsome. But I find the composure that they have very impressive because it's got to be annoying. And I know, and I know the famous man, but it's got to be annoying when every fucking body there is like shoving their camera in your face at all so we usually have pictures and we whenever we have guests we take but we ask them i didn't get it and there some people took pictures of us and we'll put them on our instagram at drinky fun time but i didn't take any pictures with john legend you know why because people were driving him crazy to the point where can you imagine this uh, this happened i'm watching someone goes okay she gets her boyfriend to take the picture he's you know there's a fucking 50 people gathered whatever people they're gathered around him she takes the picture she goes Hold on. She tells John Legend, hold on, so she can look at the picture, and then she goes, oh, can we get another one? Let's take one more. Hold on, you fucking cardboard cutout. Like, he's not even a human being. Like, she's telling John Legend to wait, and you know she didn't look at John Legend. You know that, right? She looked at this thing. How do I look? Oh, I don't look good. So let's take another one, and I'm sitting going, this is crazy. So he's getting pushed. He's getting pulled in all directions, and you can I. You could see it a little bit. You could see it like it's like, oh man, I'm, you, you know, what time do I get the clock out? But when I got to sit and talk with him, with Jean Charles Bossette as well, I think when you're talking to him about something, the wine that he is passionate about, of course he's passionate about the music. I don't, my guess is he's probably not passionate about having to have his picture taken 17,000 times in an hour, right? With, no. with strangers. But it is but the world we live in. It is It is the world, yes. Uh, for instance, we, he played, in, and I. Uh, this is also, I, it's already up there at, at Ricky Funtime on our Instagram. He played a little bit of music, and there's a little snippet of filming. I, I it's did, a beautiful little video I you did. I filmed like 30 seconds, and then I turned it off. I'm like, I'm not going to be that oh, guy. Oh, I loved it. Because everybody there was filming, and I'm like, all you got to do is put your camera down. He's right in front of you. There he is. But it's this idea that it, like, it didn't happen unless you filmed Caught it. You know, it, like unless, yeah. unless I got a picture of it. It's I like, know. You were there. We, we don't there. do that, yeah. do we? We don't actually go, let me just have a moment and enjoy this. And um, I am really grateful you took that video. It is short. And for anyone who's wondering what the hell we're talking about, Dan uh, did a beautiful video of just... Uh, of, of John playing the piano. I just sat down and played. I don't yeah. know what the song was, but it was, he's, he's one of those guys where whether you're a fan of the music or not, when he starts playing, 
and he starts singing, it you just need, cuts right you through. Knees you, man. Went to jail, you it didn't just me. cuts right through. I mean, he is a he is He's an extremely talented man. Like yeah. he really. So to get back to what we were saying, when, the time that I got to talk to him in the interview you're about to hear, when we were talking about wine, we're talking. You know, he. He's very engaged. He was very engaged, and it's in, in, and you can tell that it's something that means a lot to him. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than just like, oh, this is another marketing opportunity for me. It did. Not, it does not seem that way at all. To him, I think wine is something that he, as he says, you know, he talks about the fact that wine, his music to him, feels like the kind of music you listen to when you're drinking wine. You I, know? Think, I think. I think he's probably very and, right. Yeah, and so. You know, I think it was cool. I, you know, if you want, why don't we, you want to just jump please, in a little bit? Let's please, just jump I'm in here. Excited. We, this is, uh, this is, is John Legend and, and John Charles Boisset of, uh, of Raymond Vineyard, among many others. And this is at uh, Heritage Fine Wines. And we're talking about their new rosé, L-V-E rosé. Here we go. Well, I'm here. I am in Beverly Hills with John Charles Boisset and John Legend. And we're drinking some wine. It's L-V-E. Yes. Uh, fantastic. Uh, John, tell us a little bit. Of, cheers. Let's get a cheers, by the way. Yes. We're, we're drinking a, a rosé. Yes. Tell us a little bit, uh, John, about how this whole thing came about. Well, we've been working together for several years now. Uh, our first um, release was a Cabernet from 2013 and a Chardonnay from 2014. And we came together because I had been interested in doing a wine company and uh, starting my own wine brand. And I wanted to find the perfect collaborator. And my uh, one of our friends started working with Jean Charles, and he knew that I was looking for a partner in the wine business. And he said, "I found the perfect partner for you. You're gonna love this guy. He's got so much charisma and energy. His uh, Raymond Vineyards is highly respected around the world. Jean Charles is highly respected around the world. is a great proprietor." and you're going to love making wine with this guy and you guys are going to do something really great together. So we met, we hit it off immediately. Did you, did you go there when you met? Yes, we did. did. What did you think the first time you walked in that winery? Because it's a, it's, it's very non-traditional winery. It's quite an experience. Winery. It's the, how would you describe, I mean, the, the, there's mannequins hanging from the ceiling. Yes. The art is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's an art installation. Well, I've been to his home too, so it's very reflective of Jean Charles' own personal taste and his energy and his charisma. It's all through the winery. You can see it in, in the way he decorates the place and the way he entertains his guests and my personality is quite a bit different I'm a little more subdued and subtle (laughs) but I think the two of us together our energies work out very well together and we've come together to create something really cool so you you grew up in Ohio yes I did did you it was your uh, by the way it's funny people don't realize this you know you think Ohio wine but actually the first commercially successful winery in America was in Ohio. I didn't know that. Yeah, in uh, outside of Cincinnati. Yeah, a guy named yeah. Nicholas Longworth. Yeah. Back in the 1800s, wow. was planning uh, Catawba. By the way, you like how I just start dropping some knowledge on John Lennon right well, there? Well, you got to educate the guy. You got to let him know who wrote the book. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, he, he seemed to be genuinely surprised by that. Most people would be, right? You would not know that Ohio is kind of the first successful winery in America. I didn't in Ohio. Although it's no surprise I didn't know that. But was he genuinely surprised? He seemed to be. Yeah. Okay. By that I mean he um he 
I think he might have he was, he was being nodded at me. Well, before we go back, he is a little subdued, isn't he? I like that he said that by himself. He's like, you know, my personality is more like, you know. And I thought, God, no wonder he writes all these songs that are so relaxing. He's basically lying down, isn't he? He's just <laughs> so. He's a chill yeah. mofo. That's mm. for sure, yes. He's a very chill guy. And uh, he carries himself with, uh, with this sort of uh, air of cool. He's a cool dude. Like, you don't see John Led. I, I just don't ever envision him being, you know, overly flustered or even overly excited. You know, you know he's not going to be like, wow! No. Dan Dunn's here! <laughs> At least he wasn't that way. When, when For I a second, I was going to say, you seem cooler, but then he I just blew it. I was not. I was, I was... You were just... I was shaking. Tickle, tickled was pink. Shaking. He's so handsome go on uh, sort of a sweet of, they used to make a sparkling wine uh-huh. and it was wildly successful for Very and cool. it was right outside of cincinnati and that, i grew up uh, yeah. an hour and a half north of cincinnati yeah, right, springfield, in springfield right? ohio yeah. and i lived in new york most of my adult life and then i've been in california the last few years and uh well you hey you also went to the university of pennsylvania i did i'm from philly i went to temple there you go and, uh, yeah man so we we got fly that. eagles fly fly eagles fly <laughs> Did you have your? Did you have a? Did you grow up in a in a uh, household where wine was something that was enjoyed? Was it? Not where did much. you get your life? Your My life? parents weren't much with uh, much drink uh, with drinking. They didn't drink much at all. They were very religious, and pretty much communion was when they drank. <laughs> yeah. But um, once I kind of went out on my own, I started to travel a lot. I started to go to a lot of great restaurants, and wine was always a part of some of my favorite experiences. Sure. And I also thought that wine went really well with my music and, and just my personality and who I am. And so uh, it became a very integral part of the way I enjoyed life and the way I enjoyed uh, travel and the way I enjoyed restaurant experiences. Uh, and so I fell in love with it more as an adult than, uh, than at a younger age. And, and has it always been... Uh do you have a preference for so uh, Raymond's up in Napa Valley? Do you yes. have a preference for California wine versus Old World wines? We love California wine. We've uh, chose to work with uh, Jean Charles and the team at Raymond because we love Napa Valley wines, and we're happy to make those. But we also have traveled a lot to Europe. We've been to the south of France. We've been to to uh, Bordeaux and Burgundy. We've been to uh, we've been to um, uh, Tuscany a lot and. Some of our favorite experiences have been in places like that, going to great restaurants, having great food, and having great wine from that region. Okay. And John Charles, when, when, when John comes to you yes. with this idea, we're going to do this, stylistically, do you immediately start thinking of, you know, ideas for how the wine, what kind of a wine, well, just from meeting him personality Absolutely. The, the first and most important for us was really to become friends, because luckily, you know, a lot of people in Hollywood, a lot of people in the acting world, music world has contacted us to make wine. We've been making wine for 22 centuries combined with all our wineries, so we were not necessarily interested unless we became as close as we have. And that's why I have a ton of respect for John, besides being an amazing artist that he is, genuinely loving wine, knowing what he wanted, and very good at wine tasting. So when we spent a lot of time together, the first few times, we talked about wine, but it was not the number one objective. Yeah. And it was really having a great feel and a great fit and, and having that magnetic relationship that really creates a great understanding of what John likes and wants. And very luckily for me, I'm very similar to John as well as being a romantic. 
and loving, you know, the romance of the music and the wines and the celebration, John really wanted to create a wine very harmonious and fully symbiotic to his music and who he is. So it's the type of wine I love myself. So we started to play making wines together at Raymond, you know, in the blending room. And had you had any experience at this point, John, with, with actually production of wine? No, never, okay. never before. Okay. Um, and I was lucky, really, to find the perfect partner to do this with because I wouldn't want to do this without an expert uh, guiding me and, and teaching me and, and um, really wanting to collaborate with me in this way. And I was so lucky to find John Charles as a partner. Well, and the beauty, you very kind to say, first, an expert is someone who knows how to be wrong with a lot of authority. <laughs> so, you know, often we say, as you know, Dan, the more you taste, the less you know. What was very refreshing for me is I look into always learning and always feeling that I'm progressing. And here it was not the size of the project. It was not necessarily the scope of the project. It was really doing something together that I thought would really reflect what John wanted to do and what we felt made sense for us to do. So John was, as we were tasting, kept going back to the piano, playing music, tasting wine, and said, what about if we do this, we do that. So what I really enjoyed that, that first time we actually really blended together, John had a fantastic palate. I've been tasting wine since I'm literally two years old sure. and making wine since I'm six or seven, so I've seen millions of people tasting with me. I knew John had that talent. He had that vibrational chord within him as an artist and a great musician with a lot of sensibility. By the way, it's it's funny. <laughs> it's such a you're so in America you you couldn't say that. I've been you know in Europe it's like yes, it's of course. Fine. It's it is, like yes. literally two years old. Two years old. Yeah, I've been I've been having it since I was two years old. And then the flip side of it is John Legend is like, yeah, man, my parents were, you know, practically so, preachers We're I not, mean, there's no is, drinking going on this here. is cute because there you've got um john legend who's really admitting to the fact that up until lately he's not really got into wine too much and i'm thinking to myself isn't that funny that he's also just ended up with two children lately as well isn't it like maybe something that, you might end up wine, getting into a little more when you've got a newborn <laughs> baby in there <laughs> It's a, it, to me that that whole idea of sitting around when you're blending, you're trying all different kinds of wines. That idea of just sitting around and John starts playing something on the piano to try to get that the same rhythm of the music in sync with the wine and go, all right, that works. Like that seems like a really cool and and that's not uncommon uh, okay. in the wine world. You're, you there's a lot of winemakers that pump music into the vineyards. There's a wine. There's I've been to lots of wineries where they blast music in the barrel rooms because they feel that the vibrations affect the wine. Well, so, we you know, we actually saw what well, we were witness to that when we went to visit your your dear good friend in a James Keaton. That's right. That's right. And also, but I'm glad you brought that up because I here I am listening to this thinking, oh, what a load of crap. I mean, come on. But actually, that's really nice that you said that. And I also like the fact that uh, John Charles, the uh, the French guy speaking, he said that he, you know, he, he's become an expert in being wrong and he likes the process. And yeah. an, I, expert, an expert is someone who can be wrong with authority. Exactly. That is yes, what he yes. said. And I'm wondering, my question to you as having made um, 
You've made a career out of, of being, being wrong with authority. Exactly. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, I, genuinely, you've made a career out of being becoming an expert in, in sure. the alcohol industry and cocktails and obviously wine too. You've written a book about it. And so when this sort of situation presents itself and you know it's not going to be bad wine because they wouldn't have bottled it if it was bad. But at what point do you think to yourself, it's not the best wine but you're excited for them because they're so young they've only been going five years and you know the first batch is probably well, not to be honest good. with you i i really truly mean this the rosé uh is some of the best rosé i've had and now they're, they're you know they're making this they're sourcing this from jean charles's properties in in provence and they have really great you know centuries-old uh, vineyards over there that, the, that his family owns. And uh, so they're getting the very best fruit from one of the very best regions. Frankly, the, you're not going to get better rosé in the world than, the, than, than French rosé, in my opinion. So the, the, LVZ, the LVE 2017 Provence rosé, for $25 is what the retail is on it, you're not doing any better. Like I know we, you know, Miraval comes when you're talking about celebrity wines. Like mm. so, Miraval is very popular. You know, with the Brad and Angelina's or right, or no, they no, still own it together. May, but no, yeah. no, don't, please yeah. don't make any assumptions. I don't know if people know that. Yeah. Oh well. So, so you know, Brad and Angelina uh, had a uh, uh, rosé called Miraval. I don't know if they still that's jointly Brad, own it Brad anymore. Pitt Maybe they do. And Brad Angelina Pitt Jolie. and Angelina Jolie, and uh, you know, and that's a very popular rosé. So if I would say that style Miraval to me is a little bit on the sweeter side mm -hmm. than this LVE. This LVE, what I really enjoy about it is there's no none of that cloying sweetness to it. It's it's crisp, but you get the fruit. But the fruit is sort of more of a foundation than it is, you know, the decoration in the front. A lot of the, a lot of times you get a rosé and it's like the fruit's there. It's like it's really, you know, in your face. You know, you get that the first thing on your palate, you're going to get a, the big fruit. With this a lot of balance to it, and a lot of, and you and you and you get the fruit, but it's after you're sipping it for a while. And Does it's that just, mean you can drink more of it? You can. Really this is a um, <laughs> this is the kind of wine that you you'd sit there and you go, wow, how many? Holy shit, we've gone through four bottles of this already. And by we, I mean me. I'm all by myself. And, and yeah. for everyone listening, but. <laughs> John Legend did not pay Dan to say this. So no. I believe that this is a really, really good rosé. No, it, quite it, jealous. it is. I, I, I honestly would say that it's a rosé that I would absolutely, if I saw it on the shelf in the store, I'd buy it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. LVE. LVE. It's love, really, isn't it? Let's see what else it? they got to say about Aww. this stuff. Let's see. You would go to the piano. So there, mu there must have been some sort of a symbiotic relationship there yes. between what you were yeah. tasting and what you were feeling. Well, the music. like I said before, I always believed that my wine and my music and wine always go went together. I always felt like that as we're listening to me in this room right now. Um, I always felt like they went really well together. And a lot of my fans uh, would tell me that. And, and sometimes we even have shows at wineries. And just the whole experience of that felt like there was a relationship between the wine and the music. And so we explicitly embraced that idea of a relationship between them when we were making the wine. What was it like for you when you popped that cork on your first bottle? I was so proud. I was so proud of everything from the taste of it. Um, I was so proud to share it with my friends, but also the bottle itself. I think we designed as a team a really beautiful bottle for each of the wines. Yeah, this, this one's gorgeous. This uh, this is the new rosé you yes, got here. Exactly. Just released today. Released right? today on the first day of summer. And yeah, it looks great. And I got to tell you, it's 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 the style of. Will you talk a little bit about the style of, of this rosé? Absolutely. But but maybe Dan, just um, just something else to add. 
when John said we want to do a Cabernet, he really defined the Cabernet through the music he played in the Red Room, to the wine he wanted. We went to the blending room and he really guided us in the process. I want to make sure you, you know that because we were fascinated with the partnership and creating this relationship because John knew what he wanted. So many people have come to me and said, just make a wine for me. Put my name on it. Yeah. And I'm not interested in that because yeah. we do it already. And we do it successfully already with all our wineries. So I didn't need anything but someone who would add something to the overall. So as, as obviously you cover a lot of great wines as well produced by people from here in Hollywood, I think what John really did, he created as well with us a wine that fits in our portfolio that we did not yet make. That was, that's why I was very excited. So the cap is rich and powerful, but has a lot of romance and is a very long, silky, velvety wine. The red blend is extremely, extremely powerful with a lot of Petit Syrah in it. By the way, where is it right now? Well, we're gonna try it. We're gonna try it. making me thirsty. Well, exactly, and then John wanted a Chardonnay for his entertainment that he could have as an aperitif with amuse-bouche as he plays for his friends as he describes his moment with Chrissy, and, and we really developed the wines to really f reflect John and his lifestyle, and I'm so proud of it because this is really all about LVE, more than just about Raymond or JCB, it's what John wanted to create, and he was very involved to the point that every single wine is not bottled unless John signs at the bottom of the page and tells us, you know, go here and go there. So. It has been a very heavy collaboration in every sense. And unless John says, I want it that way, we I don't want to do it. So same here. So to answer your question on the yeah. LV Rosé, we've been making Provence for a long time. And John said last year, Jean-Charles, you know, I love Rosé. Shall we do a Rosé? And I said, if you don't mind, John, I would rather have us collaborate on a Provence south of France, which is extremely trendy and reflects who you are, more than a Napa Valley Rosé. Sure. So we basically sent John 20 different samples mm -hmm. of different wines, and we wanted him to do the exercise on his own, and then we did it together, and he did the pre-selection, then we went together in Napa Valley and pre-selected again, and then he finalized it himself, saying, that's the one I want. This is the one. And what, what was it about this style? That appealed to you, John. I love the color. I love the. Just so it's a, yeah, it's kind of a very light. Yeah. A very light. Light not, salmon it's color. Not, it's very light salmon. Exactly. It's not that you're not getting yeah. that. There's no sweetness to it. That's really. right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very light, and I wanted it to feel like something you could drink all day and during the day. See, Emma, like you, wants to be able to drink it all day. He wants something that we can drink all, all day. day. Did he? Had he been oh. drinking? No, he day? didn't seem. He didn't seem. I'm always. I, I mean, I'm, I'm always way more intoxicated than the guests, so it's hard for me to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Yeah. Uh, but no, he seemed fine. Um, I like that they sent John twenty bottles of wine to try. I think. Twenty well, bottles. How are you going to know which one you like unless you try them all at once? That's right. You'll forget what the what it the first one tasted like. <laughs> tickling the ivories, tasting wine, looks over and says, "Oh, who's that? Oh, that's my wife, supermodel Chrissy Teigen." I'm starting to not like John Legend. All right, we're almost at the end of this thing. Let's hear what he has to say at the end. During the day and not feel like you were weighed down by it. So the lightness, the crispness, the, 
and the, there's a little bit of bite to it too. Uh, it's really just, it's so, I'm so proud to, to just serve it to my friends. My, uh, I have people over all the time. We do barbecues all, often. We do like little daytime parties, birthday parties for Luna, whatever. And we serve my wine all the time. And I wanted something like this to kind of complement the rest of the wines that we I made. can't wait to come over <laughs> well, this next party. I'm excited. Which is so what exciting is, is, you know, John as well described strawberry apricot, white peach, which is very delicate to get. And very f luckily we have this amazing vineyard, vineyards, plural, in, in the Provence region. So as John described it on how he wanted to enjoy it, we had the perfect wine. So this is really Grenache based, Saint-Victoire based, which is one of the most famous, as you know, you know a lot about wine yeah, yeah. areas in the Provence region. So we made a limited edition at first. Sadly, we don't have for everyone, but for a selective few, because we wanted to make sure that the wine was so precise to really represent what John exactly wanted. And, and as you could see, John and I worked very hard on a very unique bottle. We're the yeah. first one to actually have it. This is very reflective of the multifacets of the world, of the globe, of even a grape within, and that captures the light. It's a beautiful and bottle. And it reflects it. everywhere. So on John's piano, when he performs as he will today, you're going to see the bottle really being a multi-diamond facets mm -hmm. illuminating all of us. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We're getting the uh, we're getting the finger here, not the actual finger. <laughs> not well, that John finger. Charles and John, man, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Great, Thank you great so wine, much, and I'm excited for the rest of the day. Melted diamond yeah. facets. It was. It's a very cool looking bottle. By the way, they didn't give me the finger. They gave me the. No, but it sounded got, like you've they got were going, one Oi, minute. You. You've got one minute. Well, nope. so you, you have to imagine at this point, uh, you know, because it was a, it was only a two hour event, and I guess I had them for like twenty minutes. You did out of that time, and so at this point, there is a crowd gathered around. Oh, nice! But they don't seem particularly happy. The yeah. crowd. Most of the crowd was like, when is this, who is this fucking guy? And when is he done so we can take our pictures with John? But also, <laughs> and we know we fall victim to this all the time, wine talk can get a little bit It can, but I tell you what, I, think I, like, I like their enthusiasm. I like the way that, you know, he, feel, I, I feel like, and by the way, John Charles, I don't want to sell him short either, man. This guy is you know if john legend wasn't there <laughs> not too far down the scale of superstar is john charles is he's he, there. Is he oh, a hot very dude? dashing very dashing he had these uh louboutin shoes did. on like custom made louboutin i guess aren't all louboutins custom made or maybe, maybe yeah, but these shoes that he had on were maybe the nicest shoes i've ever seen he makes his own jewelry so he's got all this he's got his whole line of stuff and he is a absolute character and he told me numerous times that he wants us to come up and do the show at Raymond. So we need to go up there and do that with him. Well, it sounds like the perfect pairing between him and, and John. And you can you can literally hear him smiling. Oh, he's, yeah. He has a smiley voice when he speaks. Yeah. He also says friends, which is so nice. Friends. Well, yes. We became friends immediately. <laughs> is that how the French translates? That's yes, how right? he says friends. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so if you want to, if you want to do, if you want to check that out, Go to lvewines.com. 
and get it and find out where they sell it. They sell it all over the America, certainly. Uh, and, and where can I, we expect to find it sold though? It's not going to be in your grocery store, is it? It's going to be in will. bars. I think or? they've got pretty. I think they've got pretty wide distribution. I think they do. A fair amount of this. I think they're, yeah. you know, I'm guessing in the 20,000 case range, which is a lot of wine. And uh, and I could be wrong on that. But I, I, I know they have distribution throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. And just go to lvewines.com. Uh, try, you know, look, I tried. We also tried, after we did the interview, I tried the Cabernet, tried the Chardonnay. How Remember, was the blend? It's all good. It's all really, really good wine. And mm-hmm. again, man, I mean, Jean Charles and his group, they know what they're doing. You know, like they know how to make wine. Good for them. And, uh, you know, check that out. Um well, you're back. I am. And we're back. Yes. And I'm glad to have you back. And we're going to be heading to, it's very exciting, the next couple of shows, folks, are going to be coming to you from New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans, Louisiana. We are headed down to Tales of the Cocktail. It is the biggest drinking festival in all the land, in all of America, and some of the biggest names in the in the bartending and spirits community are down there, and we're going to be talking to them, we're going to be doing a show on a bus, we're going to be doing a show with Jack Daniels, with Patron, with some others, and we are going to be all over that French Quarter and elsewhere, so, uh, and speaking of hot. Oh, it's going to be hot. That's going to be hot, hot, hot like you've if, never known. If, yeah. <laughs> if Bourbon and Beyond was a... a Test to a metal, wow. then this is definitely going to be. But I think, for, yeah. For Urban anyone listening, it's it's this tales as you you guys call it. Yeah, tales is it's such an exciting. It's Christmas for the cocktail industry. It is the day that they all look forward to being hopefully in attendance at, hopefully being mentioned, hopefully hanging. It's everybody who's the the bread and butter of the cocktail industry is there, and it's what makes us so lucky to experience new cocktails because it then filters out, and all the new ideas come out and reach us in bars and restaurants around the world. But it really is the mecca of uh, this is it. The, the booze. Ground zero for the drinking industry. Yes. And we're going to be there, and you're going to get to hear every minute of it, except for the parts that producer Bo cuts out. Thank uh, because uh, yeah, there, there will be some drinking down there. On that um, note. So we, just to recap quickly, uh, check out thebeergoddess.com if you can go. If you're in the L.A. Adventure area, go to that thing. It's going to be really a fun event, worthwhile event, and hopefully we're going to be there. Um, we also want to, if you want some boozy ice cream, Clementine's Creamery. Clement, you can order it online. Check them out. That stuff was good. Yeah. And, and unfortunately... You missed a lot of it that we ate. So stuff. Yeah, I, I can see it. I can see where it went like that. <laughs> I can see. Um, and of course, I want to thank Jean-Charles Boisset and this guy right here, John Legend. It's nice to have him on. John Roger Stevens. John Roger Stevens. Serial killer. Have a sin here for you. We were made to love. We were made to love. You were sent for me too We were made to love We were made to love Oh, I've never seen anything You're much more than human being Extraordinary machine Oh, I never loved I never loved Never loved someone like this All I know is It's a good show